going to open up to the book of Genesis, chapter 6. And I uh, do not have a, a handout this morning as I typically do. But I felt something impressed upon my heart last night as I began to pray. And so we're going to begin here in Genesis chapter 6 this morning. And we will begin in verse number 5. I want to say it's it's so good to have Brother Chris Cummins and Sister Shatera Cummins, their whole family that is here with us today. And... um, such dear, dear friends of mine, and uh, so glad that they are uh, with us here this morning. And uh, they are, he's going to be ministering uh, to us in our second service today. So looking forward to uh, the word that, uh, that he has for the church. And he'll tell, we'll tell you a little bit more about their ministry here in a little while. Amen. But Genesis chapter 6, beginning in verse number 5, we're going to just read... Uh, this passage here today says that God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. It grieved him at his heart. The Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. Notice this. It says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. As the Lord looked out over the earth and saw all of the wickedness, there was one who stuck out from all of the rest, being Noah, and he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Continues on. It says, these are the generations of Noah, that Noah was a just man, is perfect in his generations, And Noah walked with God, and Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Let's skip down to verse 15. It says, this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. This uh, speaking of the, I'm sorry, let's go to verse 14. It says, make thee an ark of gopher wood. Rooms shalt thou make in the ark, and shalt pitch it within and without with pitch. This is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above. The door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof with lower, second, and third stories. Shalt thou make it, behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, Wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. But with thee will I establish my covenant, and thou shalt come into the ark, thou and thy sons, thy wife, thy sons' wives, with thee. And of every living thing of all flesh, two of every sort shalt thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of fowls after their kind, of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth. After its kind, two of every sort shall come to thee. You shall keep them alive. Take unto thee of all food that is eaten. Thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee, for them. And then we're going to finish here. Verse 22, notice this. It says, Thus did Noah, according to all that God commanded him, so did he. And that is what I want to speak on this morning. So did he. 
So did he. Noah receives this word from God that God is sick of the evil that has permeated throughout the earth. God had created all things in uh, created man in his own image. And we see the generations of man that uh, had uh, began to fill the earth. And we it tells us that man began to act evilly and uh, was evil in God's sight. And God was so sickened by the evil that was on the earth that he says that he repented that he even made man. He repented that he was he was sorry that uh, this creation that was meant to be a perfect creation, that was a perfect creation until sin entered into the world, that it had been so corrupted that there was wickedness throughout the earth. And it tells us even that the earth itself began to groan. The earth itself was uh, was corrupted before God and uh, it was filled with violence. The earth was filled with violence. And as God looked out over the earth, he, he saw that uh, it was all wicked except for one man. This man, Noah, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I'm thankful for men of God who are here today that I believe as God looks out over the earth today, he may see a, a similar representation of mankind in many ways across the earth today that there is much wickedness today that uh that there is wickedness throughout the earth i'm thankful though for the church right the church is the light of the world the church is the light in the midst of darkness that even though there may be darkness and evil throughout the earth today, there is a church. And I'm thankful for men of God who will stand up in the midst of evil, in the midst of wickedness and say, not for me, not for my family. We're going to we're going to stand in, in for what God stands for. We are going to be the light to this world. We are going to make a difference. I'm so thankful for a people of God who would stand and make a difference in this evil world today. Here in this generation, uh, we, we see the evil and, and we, we saw, uh, that from the very beginning, this was never God's purpose to, uh, to have evil present. That when God created man, it says he created him in his image. That in the image of God, he created man and, and he formed Adam out of the dust of the earth and, uh, he, he then breathed the breath of life into Adam and, uh, when Adam became a living soul, it, uh, Adam had purpose. He was given purpose. He was placed there in the garden in the midst of Eden and, uh, God gave him a special responsibility here on this Father's Day, I want to uh, tell you that I believe that God does have a special responsibility and a position of authority that that uh, is placed upon men. Right? That there is 
a special responsibility. And there is a position of authority and especially spiritual authority that rests upon men of God. And I know that's not all that's not as popular to say today in this culture of equality. And I believe in equality. I 100 percent uh, support uh, a, a woman having rights, and and I'm thankful for it a, for a woman of God. And I'm th- so thankful for the women of God that have impacted my life and my uh, th- those who uh, even today are, are playing such a crucial role within the church today. But we see. Throughout history that God had a special responsibility for men. And that's when men stand up for what is right. Then when men stand up for what is good. That, that there is... Uh, there is something that begins to shift and there is something that uh, can happen within a family when a man of God uh, takes the role that God meant for him to take as that spiritual authority within his house. We saw that Adam from the very beginning was given uh, responsibility. Tells us in Genesis chapter 2 verse 19 that Adam was to name every living thing. That may not seem like such a big deal to you, but I believe that when Adam was naming things, that this was giving purpose to both Adam and to the things that he was naming. It was giving purpose to them. That uh, when Adam began to do this, this was this was uh, there was more spiritual significance to. Do this than just saying, well, that's an elephant and that is an ant. And uh, this is uh, a mix between the two. We'll just call it an ant eater. And uh, well, he began to name all these these different things that were upon the face of the earth. And uh, there was it's interesting that he began to name all these things. And he looked out over all the animals and uh, it tells us that he began to notice there's nothing else like me. And he needed a help meet. And so God put him to sleep and created for him woman. Says, doesn't say Eve, that he created woman for she came out of man. And then it's uh, that the two of them were together in the garden. But it wasn't until, uh, it wasn't until the, the, the sin happened and the curses began to be given out by God that in the midst of the curses that God was giving out, this is in Genesis chapter 3, that, that all of a sudden the curses stop and Adam speaks up and he says, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's abrupt, but, uh, but in the midst of this, Adam says, my wife's name shall be Eve. Begins to, he names her no longer just uh, no longer just the woman that came out of me, but she has a name. She has purpose and everything that was curses shifts now to the blessings that God begins to, to give to man. And I believe there's something attached to the naming of, of things that was giving purpose for them. We see that Adam, he had purpose. He was the first responder for his family. God knew, God knew the 
events that led to Eve taking that fruit and taking a bite of it. But yet, who did God come to in the midst of the garden? It says he called out for Adam. He began to call out to Adam and, and he said, Adam, where are you at? And Adam was the first responder for his family. He was the first one that, that was interacting with God and, and interacting on the behalf of his family. And there's a special responsibility upon men, a position of spiritual authority. We see this uh, continuing down the line, you, as you read through Genesis chapter 4 and Genesis chapter 5, we see the genealogies that follow after Adam and see the genealogy of Cain and then the genealogy of Seth, the, the sons of, of Adam. And, and it goes on down the line and we see this responsibility pass from one man to the next. That is until it gets to Noah. And we see Noah here and Noah had purpose. Noah, he was a man who lived righteously. He was a man who, uh, it, it tells us he, he did not go with the flow of everybody else that was in the, was on the earth, that he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then as God began to, uh, to count down the days of mankind uh, leading up to the flood, he gave more purpose to Noah. And he told him, I need you to construct an ark. I want you to build this boat and it's going to be uh, for the purpose of saving my creation. It's going to be for you and your family. It's going to be for two uh, of every of every uh, animal that is here, every living thing. And he, he had purpose. He lived with purpose. I want you to know that you have purpose today that we ought not just be going through life aimlessly if you don't have a target that you are reaching if you don't know what the purpose of God is for your life then then there uh, there's there's something wrong because because God made you for a purpose God made you uh, for his pleasure and for for his purpose and and uh, if, if you don't know what that is if you say well I don't know what the will of God for my life is the simple answer to that is to get on your knees and begin to pray and to develop a relationship with God and as you begin to pray and as you open up the word of God the word of life begins to speak purpose into your life it's it's always connected to the same purpose of God your purpose is the purpose of God which is to live righteously within this world to live as a as a man as we'll see uh, like Noah did that he covers his family he he uh, cares about the the direction that his family uh, is going to go in life and and he made sure that his family was going to get into the boat that became the purpose of Noah. I need to make sure that my family gets into the boat. This is what I have to say here today is that for the people of God that we would make sure that we are living with the purpose that God sets 
for us. Make sure that those that we are responsible for, make sure if it's just me, but or if it's your family, if it's your children, if it's your spiritual offspring, whoever it is, that we would make sure they get into the boats. If you're the only one in your households, get in the boats. If you're a... a, a child today or your uh it doesn't whatever uh, age you would be today i want you to make sure that you get into the boat whatever stage of life you're in if it's just you within your household make sure you get in the boat if it's you and your wife let's get you in the boat if it's you and you have kids in your household it's your responsibility to get them in the boat if you're a parent of a young child today get them in the boat, you know, there's there's certain things in in uh, life today that you may do, and your kids don't understand why you have those boundaries that you would have for them. And others may question it and say, "Why don't you listen to that? This music, it's not really that bad. Why don't you go to this?" This place. Why don't you watch this this show over here? Why don't you read this? Why don't you do that? And, and you know, there's there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, but it's my responsibility to get them in the boat. It's my responsibility to make sure that I'm setting up barriers that my kids are not going to be enticed. That even me, that I'm not going to be enticed with the tricks of the enemy. And that the the, the enemy, he is after my soul and he's after my kids. And I need to make sure that I'm going to do everything that I can. I may not have scripture for everything that I do, but it's okay as long as I get them in the boat. As long as I'm making sure that they are doing what is right. Right before the Lord's eyes, as long as I'm making sure that they are going to live righteously. And yeah, I may not have, come on, scripture and letter for every little rule that I would set within my household, but I'm going to make sure that they're not going to fall into wickedness. So it's okay to be, a, to have some boundaries. Uh, that's, that some may question. It's okay to have some boundaries for yourself that some may question because it's your responsibility to get in the boat. So the responsibility is yours and yours alone. Now I'm talking to fathers and and uh, parents here today. I'm talking to you and as the head of, of a household that you must get to the business of first of all building the boat. You're going to answer for the boat that you build for you and for your family and I'm going to answer for the boat that I built for myself and for my family. See, there's a few things about boats that I just want to tell you about this morning. I'm going to, the first thing is that there are aspects of the, of the boat that are definitely prescribed by God. See, God recognized that Noah didn't have any experience in boat building. He'd never done this before. So God gave him instructions, and it wasn't just go build a boat however you want. No, he told him, I want you to build it 
If a cubit is 18 inches long, I want you to build this 450 feet long. I want you to build this boat 75 feet wide, 45 feet high. We need three floors in this boat. There's only going to be one door, and that door is going to be on the side of the boat. I don't want it on the end of the boat. I want it on the side of the boat. And we're going to make sure there's only one window. And not don't just put that window wherever you want. We need the window at the top. Just one cubit from the top of the boat is where that window is going to be. And in fact, even the material, I need you to make sure you're not just chopping down any tree. We're going to get the gopher wood. And, and we're going to have that be the tree that you are going to, to chop down. And you're going to build this boat from that. See, if you want your family to survive, this is the reason. This is the reason why that Noah did everything that God commanded him. It says, so did he. Whatever God said, he says, yes, God. I'm going to line up to everything that you would instruct for me to do. He didn't say. Pastor, I I don't think it matters if the door is on the side or if it's on the ends. You know, maple is a whole lot cheaper than the gopher wood. I think, I think six floors is a better idea than just three floors. He didn't say, you know, I've got some better ideas. How about I modify it? Or how about I cut the corner here? I cut the corner there. No, God gave him instructions and he says, I haven't done this before. So God, whatever you say to do, God, that's what I'll do. You know, if he would have tried it his own way, I, I have a feeling that Noah and his family, they would have drowned. They would have, the boat would have tipped over. It would have capsized. When you're building a boat to get your family out of this place, you just say, God, you tell me what to do. And so did he. Right? God, you tell me what to do, and that's what I'm going to do. God told Noah what to do, and so did he. God, you tell me, and that's good enough for me. As long as your word says it, God, I believe it. So I'm not going to risk my family on my opinion. You know, what did God tell me? What did the word of God say about the, about the boats that I need to build? And here's what I'm saying. God has some absolutes that cannot, cannot be uh, tampered with. And I'm saying that, that we need some men with some, uh, some heads of households today who have steel backbones and will stand for the word of God. They're not going to go chasing after whatever feels good or making sure that I'm the cool parent or that I'm the friend of my, my, my kids or that, you know, we're just going to go and do whatever we want. No, and when God says it, I'm going to obey it. I'm going to live it out. We're going to do what the Lord says. See, Noah, he needed God's voice to tell him how to build the boat. Because he'd never done it before. See, I've never taken a family up in the rapture before. I don't know about you, but I haven't done that. I've never taken my family up to heaven, not yet. So I'm the only way that I know how to do it is the way that God said to do it. I've never built a boat. I've never, I've never done this myself. I've never had to save them myself. In fact, I couldn't save them myself. The only way to save them and save myself is to do it the way that God says to do it. See, the second thing 
I've learned about boat building is that there are parts of the boat that are defined for you, and then there are parts of the boat that are not defined. God did leave some things up to Noah. There's some absolutes, but there are also some things that you, as the head of your households, are going to have to make a call on whether or not it's good for your family to be saved, right? There's some things that are going to come up that um, a, a relationship that uh, that your child may be in, or a uh, maybe it's even a friendship that's a relationship that you have yourself. And God didn't, God didn't tell you explicitly. You know, this is the one. He didn't. He didn't write in a neon sign the name of the one that you're supposed to be with. But there are some absolutes, and then there are some things that we say, God, I need your help in your direction and God I need your wisdom and as God begins to give us wisdom and you know that you know that you know that you're not that your 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 child is not supposed to be with the one that they're with you don't just stand there and watch them be in that relationship you speak up as the head of your household and say I'm not going to watch you go to your destruction because you're chasing after the things of your heart no I'm going to speak up go on we don't just allow our kids to just run their own lives no we begin to speak up and say this is my responsibility to get you into heaven and I know you may not like me for today i know that you may not like me for saying this but we are going to i'm going to take this away from you and we are going to do things a little bit differently from this day forward in our house that's what boat builders do that's what people who say i need to make sure that my family is going to be saved that's what they do there's some things that are going to lead to destruction that you need to uh, have a backbone to stand up and say That we in our house are going to be as Noah was. Where it says that he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And he was perfect in all of his generations. That means that he made sure that Shem, Ham, and Japheth. That they were protected because of the things that Noah did. They were protected because of the boundaries that Noah had set out for them. That there are certain things that, uh, that as, as you, uh, have a, a relationship with God, as you begin to pray and, and God begins to speak to you, that He reveals things to you that you need to cut out of your life. They're not healthy for you. They're not sinful. But they're taking up too much of your time. I'm talking a lot about kids today, but let's, let's just talk about yourself and getting on the boat. There's some things that you need to cut out of your life. There's some things that I need to cut out of my life that, 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 that God begins to reveal. And sometimes as he does that, we can justify really easily how we should be able to continue doing them. God, I don't see anything uh, in scripture that tells me I need to stop that. I don't see anything in scripture that tells me that, uh, that, that I need to, uh, uh, I need to, uh, you know, stop watching television or I need to stop, uh, stop tuning into, uh, uh, the sports and, and, or the, the news and having all of that. But, but yet, as you begin to pray, God begins to, uh, to, to show you how much time, uh, that, 
all those things are consuming for you and and you, he's, he's trying to direct you back to him and he's trying to direct you back to the word and what your real purpose is and so God begins to do this and here's what we can do we can justify the way that we were living because it's not really that sinful it's not really sinful in the in what we're doing but yet God says I'm trying to get you to live in your purpose I'm trying to get you to, to live on the, the path that I have set out for you. And so it's at that moment that, that we begin to, to stand up and say, all right, God, I know that I know that, uh, that, that you are trying to, to refine me. You're trying to cut some things out of my life so that I get on the boat. Here's the last, the last thing that I've seen about boats is that the boat that survives may not be the best looking boat. You know, the Titanic was a beautiful, beautiful vessel that everything about that ship was immaculate. There was, there was, you know, every detail was perfect. It was the unsinkable ship, everything. It looked amazing, but yet... It was, it's not the best looking ship that always survives. It's the ship that is built according to the right specifications and it has everything on the back, or every, everything in the structure that is perfect and it has, has everything that is, is, when we're talking about salvation, the way that God would say that it needs to be built. That's the one that's, that's the kind of boat that we need to be building. It's not about Looking good. It's not about what's popular in culture today and, and just looking, uh, you know, for the grace of God and everything and, and just, you know, God, he, he's gonna, uh, he's gonna, you know, look out, uh, or look over my, uh, my faults and my failures and everything and, you know, let's just sweep everything under the rug and, and let's just hope that God, you know, forgives, you know, everything and God is a forgiving God. God, he, he, he is a loving God, but he is also a just God and he has called us to live righteously and he's called us to live a holy separated life. And so what do we do when, 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 uh, the things that are, are a, holy separated lifestyle look a little bit off to the ones that are around us it doesn't look as as pretty and as beautiful as some things that are around us and so uh, and so do we just live uh, you know in, according to everyone else's standards or do I live according to God's standards that's the question I'm not judging my life for my family's lives the boats that I'm building on the world's standards, I'm judging them on God's standards. Because those are the only standards that really matter. I want to live the way that God has called me to live. You know, this man of God, he, he was this, uh, in the generations that followed after Adam, there was the generations of Cain that that we read through in in Genesis chapter uh, Genesis chapter four, and then we see the the things that they began to do. And I was reading through all these last night these generations of of Cain, and it's, it's interesting as we read through them because it talks about the great things that they did. 
tells us that Cain knew his wife. She conceived. She bare Enoch. Now, I thought that Enoch was, was the one that was righteous before God, and he just vanished, and he was. But this is another Enoch, the one out of Cain's lineage. Tells us that Enoch, he built a city. He called the name of the city after his, the name of his son, Enoch. And Enoch was, uh, unto Enoch was born Irad. And, and then it begins to go down all these, these things. And then, uh, let's see, verse 20, it says, Ada, she bare Jabal. And Jabal, he was the father of all those that dwelt in tents, of such as have cattle. His brother's name was Jubal. Jubal, he was the father of all the such, handled the harp and the organ. Zillah, she, she bore Tubal-Cain, and Tubal-Cain, he was an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron, and the sister of Tubal-Cain was Naaman. And then Lamech, he said to his wives, he had two wives, Ada and Zillah, and he said, Hear my wives, ye wives of Lamech, hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding, young man to my heart. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech, seventy and sevenfold. And, and we begin to see all these things that came out of the lineage of Cain, and, and they did some great things. There were city builders. There were tent, tent dwellers. There were those that were skilled in instruments and the harp and the organ. There were those that uh, they, they built great things of brass and iron. And then you read through the lineage of, of Seth, which is the righteous lineage, and you don't see any of that. I don't see anybody who built any great cities. I don't see anybody who they, they were skilled in instruments. And I don't see anybody who was, who was the, the most skilled in, in brass and uh, you know, most skilled in, in all of these different metal works. And, and I, I don't see any of that within the lineage of Seth. But what I do see is one man who was perfect in his generations. And he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. His name was Noah. And they may not have been the ones who built up a great fortune here on earth. They may not have made a name for themselves here on earth because of the great things that they were able to do. And what the world can judge us on today is, what are you skilled at? What are you, what are you able to build up? What, what kind of fortune have you built up? Oh, what does your 401k look like? How many toys do you have sitting in your garage? What, what is, you know, what, what is your family? How, what, what's their standard of living? What, you know, tell me about it. All of Cain's lineage, they could, they could tell you about the great things that they had done. But who was at the end of his generations there? This man named Lamech, not the same Lamech that was the father of Noah, the Lamech that came from Cain's lineage. And it tells us that at the end of all of these great things and these great men who had done awesome things on the earth, there was a man that just as at the beginning, just as his father, had, his, his grandfather, great, great, grandfather Cain had done, he, he slew, he killed somebody. 
And all these things that we built up, it, you know, what, what was really being passed down was, you know, in, in the spiritual lineage of Cain was, uh, was destruction. And the spiritual lineage of Cain was something that led straight back to where it began. Whereas you see in the lineage of Seth that there was those like the Enoch that is mentioned here in verse 22, where it says, Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah. He begat sons and daughters. And the, all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and then he was not because God took him. Methuselah that lived 969 years. And, and he had a son named Lamech. And Lamech had a son named Noah. And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That Noah, he did all that God would ask of him to do. See, what what do your generations look like? What kind of legacy are you building? Are you building the one that God has asked you to build? Or are you building the one that the world is expecting you to build? That's the question this morning. Because there's a lot of expectations about what a real man looks like. There's a lot of expectations about what a successful person looks like. There's a lot of expectations that the world would put on us. And I was... I was talking with Sister Eve Scarpa last night, spent some time with her, and, uh, and she was, she was telling me about some of the, uh, some of those that she has, she has Bible studies with, or Bible discussions with, and, uh, and she's said, uh, they'd gotten into a discussion the other day about money. And in this discussion, she, she, she was saying, you know, money isn't, uh, what, what was what was the issue with uh, with Judas? The issue was money. That's what he sold his savior out for. Now the money itself is evil, but but are we going to trade what God has really called us to do for a little bit of money? Are we going to trade what God has really called you to do, which is to be the voice in your family, the spiritual head of the household, if, if, you know, just, just so that I can work a couple more hours and just so that I can build up a fortune and make sure that we're going to be able to live, you know, with, uh, with, with enough and, uh, at the time that my retirement comes? Am, am I going to, uh, what am I truly aiming for? What is my goal in life? Is it to do all that God has called me to do or is it to do what the world is expecting me to do? What's my aim? What, what am I truly aiming for? Is it, is it the things that, uh, that everything in the world is pointing me to look at or is it what God is asking me to do? And here's what I want my answer to be. Because God would look at me that so did he. The things that he asked me to do, so did he. The things that God has called me to do, the way that God has called me to live and to, to instruct my family in righteousness, so did he. That's what I want the answer to be at the end of all the lineage of, of, of my life. So did he is what God has asked me to do. Could we... I wonder if we could just stand in this place here this morning. Amen. As we bring this Bible study to a close here today, if we could just lift up our hands all around this place as our kids make their way back in from Sunday school classes. Amen. That.
that the, the pressures of this world and everything that they would ask of us to do, that, that that wouldn't be the things that I measure myself by. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be the, those wouldn't be the, the measuring sticks for your success, but instead it would be all that God has called you to do. God, I want to, I want to build a boat, God, that is, is right in your eyes. God, I want to build a boat, God, and make sure that, that I'm doing it, Lord, in the way that you asked me to do. God, according to the instructions, Lord, that you have laid out for me. God, I pray that in everything that I do, Lord, that it would be right in your eyes, that I, God, would be living in the purpose that you have called for me. God, that I, God, would be giving purpose to my children, that I'd be giving purpose to those who I have influenced over God that I'd be giving purpose and speaking purpose into their life Lord I pray that you would just help us here today Lord that we would do all that you have asked us to do God that at the end of all of my life God that I would be found to be pleasing in your sight Lord I pray for every household in this place today God there be men of God who would stand up God, who would shoulder the load of their family and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus.